Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. In today's episode, we have again our special guest and Ivy Exec's own senior career advisor, Anastasia Gavrilovic. Anastasia is a senior career advisor who worked with more than 2,000 clients, ranging from entry level to the C-suite across various industries. She helps her clients learn how to embark on their job search in the most effective way. In addition to giving resume critique and career advice, Anastasia also provides business consulting services. So in this session, we will talk about, let's say, a burning subject these days about job security. Does it exist and how to act in this new day and age of massive layoffs? Welcome, Anastasia. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. For everyone who already listened to us, welcome back. And for our first joiners, thank you. Thank you for joining. I hope that you like our session. So, Anastasia, uh, we already discussed uh, this uh, in our previous episode, but uh, when you mentioned our new joiners, uh, so let's uh, give them a little bit uh, of a, break, a background story. Can you tell us a little bit, please, about yourself, about your current role and your career path in general within Ivy Exec? Sure. So I talk to people all day long um, and I provide them with resume and LinkedIn feedback. Essentially, I help them learn how to find their new job, how to advance in their organization, how to change careers, whatever they they want to do, essentially. But because that is my job, it's also my job to be very familiar with the job market and everything that is happening in the job market. Um, so that is why the job security topic is very, very familiar to me. Uh, it's something that I have known for a couple of months already, uh, just because I hear it from my clients. They are also very insecure, not sure how to act, um, uh, how, to, how to go about everything nowadays. Um, so... With with my job being to help them, I also wanted us to discuss job security um, today and uh, everything that is happening and perhaps how to be prepared for for anything that that might happen um, very soon. <laughs> right, right. So I know you're conducting our research for your new article that is actually based on this topic. So let's uh, dive right in. Uh, my question is, what is the biggest trend that you are noticing right now in the job market? Well, the biggest trend definitely are massive layoffs that are happening all around the globe. And to me, it first started with Twitter. Uh, because I'm very active on LinkedIn and a lot of people were very verbal and they wanted to share what happened to them, uh, you know, once Elon Musk purchased right. the company uh, and fired a bunch of people. Um, it was it was 
you know, perhaps a business decision, but to all of those people, it was a very personal, you know, decision that impacted their life quite significantly. And, you know, I, I, I read, I heard a lot of those stories. And then right after that, I feel like everyone followed, <laughs> you know, every other right. major company, companies that we all want to work for, companies that we feel give us, you know, the salary that we want, the benefits that we want, and, and hopefully the job security that we want, they all started doing the same. You know, it started started in late 2022 and it's and it's just continuing. Um, so I'm not sure how do all of these companies need to do this in this exact moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is quite silly. Some people started, you know, writing on LinkedIn. Is it like monkey see, monkey do? Like right. <laughs> if one major company fires 10,000 people, I have to fire 12,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because if, if, you know, the, the reality of things is that the market is not that great, you know, with the war in Ukraine, with the inflation and recession all around the world. But that's not something that happened, you know, in October or November 2022. It's not something that we couldn't have predicted, so to to speak. You know, when companies think long-term, they think about cutting costs that are unnecessary. They think about, you know, uh, uh, well, increasing rates, improving improving profitability in that way. And this just seems like a quick, easy fix that also impacts thousands of people and their and their lives. So companies like Google, um, Google uh, or the parent company of Google fired 12,000 people, uh, Amazon, 10,000 people. And then we have, you know, Meta, Tesla, Microsoft, yeah. Zoom, Dell, Salesforce, um, all of these names that we're so familiar with. And we end up with a number of more than 200,000 people that were impacted by layoffs that happened in the late 2022 and that are happening right now in 2023. Yeah, unfortunately, today, just scrolling through LinkedIn is like looking at a pool of open to work hashtags and posts, which wasn't the case, like, as you mentioned, three months ago, when it all actually, it felt like it just, you know, you snap your fingers and it started overnight to take a life of its own, so to say. It is. And 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 above that, people are sharing you know, well, not all of them, of course, some some people just shared that they got laid right, off, right. And they're looking for a new opportunity. But some people, you know, were in that company for five years, seven years, 10 years. Uh, perhaps they, they thought that they will be there until their retirement if they're already, you know, uh, close to retirement. Uh, one person that that kind of struck me personally because I, I read that on LinkedIn. Um, a woman, she was in labor when she got the email that she's fired. Oh, wow. And I can't imagine that. Can you imagine working for a company for 10 years 
you know, uh, saving your days, maternity leave and all of that, just to be fired in the exact moment that you're bringing a child into this world. You know, people do have different values, but that is where you need security most, right? That is where you need to know that you will have, you know, uh, a regular income, that you will have all the benefits, perhaps health insurance, you know, a big, big one. Yeah. <laughs> Just a yeah. huge one. And it's a it's a massive expense uh, in the U.S. You know, some other countries are not as expensive when it comes to health. But in the U.S., if your company isn't covering for your health costs, you know, you are not in a good place, especially if you have a family to to think about. Right, right. But you mentioned U.S. and we've seen that that trend has been expanding globally wide. Uh, so the layoffs uh, have been done as in U.S., as in Asia, as some uh, even I have some connections that are from Africa that I have seen laid off recently. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, we are in the middle of, you know, a tough uh, economic situation. Uh, but what do people do in those kinds of situations? So, okay, I know that it's not the same weight of feeling being let go after one year of working for the company and like after five or 10 years working for the company. But I think that approach would be some sort of similar, if I'm not mistaken. So what do people do in those kinds of situations? Right. Well, this is this is a new one. You know, this is definitely a new one, even with the recession that we had in early 2000s and the crisis, the economic crisis that happened then, you know, it never reached these kind of these kinds of numbers. If you just look 15 years back, people were very secure in their job. If you look 20 years back, you know, our parents, our parents mostly had that idea of working for one company for 20 years uh, and and our grandparents, right. <laughs> our, right, my right. my grandfather worked for the same company forty years until right. he retired. And in those in those times, you know, seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, you were very very secure in your job, and you didn't have to think about having everything ready just in case. But nowadays, that's the biggest change. You have to be ready just in case that it happens. Right. And that is what people need to do. You know, it it doesn't make it any prettier. It doesn't make the experience any better if you're ready for it. But it is something that can help you perhaps find your new role faster. You know, uh, perhaps, uh, let's say, what I always talk about, right? You need to have your resume ready. You don't want to in a situation where you got laid off after 10 years and you haven't updated your resume for 10 years. You know, right. you, don't, you don't want that. Uh, of course, LinkedIn, just as important, you want to optimize it, you want it to be updated and you want to use it. Um, that is something that we can at least 
you know, most of us can do that. We can be active on LinkedIn because, uh, you know, networking is a tricky one. People tend to not think of it until they need it. But nowadays, you never know <laughs> when <laughs> are you going to need your contacts, uh, you know, recommending you, uh, introducing it to someone, uh, helping you out. And that is why uh, I would say you have to network like there's no tomorrow in, right. in this moment. <laughs> Right. And uh, speaking of networking and LinkedIn, uh, we're just going to go for you that listened to us earlier uh, in our previous episodes. We mentioned LinkedIn, uh, let's say, a number of times, so <laughs> we won't go into deep uh, this time. But uh, uh, one thing that uh, really caught my eye during this whole uh, crisis, LinkedIn, open to work situation. I read about it and there were some conflicted opinions on actual open to work uh, LinkedIn tag or hashtag or badge that is uh, being used by so many people. What are your thoughts on uh, having that open to work LinkedIn badge on your profile? Does that help? Uh, how is that seen in the eyes of recruiters? Uh, does it uh, spark any uh, interest on a bigger scale than just uh, from regular regular quote unquote uh, people that are sharing their resumes? So what are your what are your uh, views on that open to work badge? That's a good question. You know, up until very, very recently, I always advised against it. Why? Because you don't want to seem desperate, right? You, you, you don't want to seem like someone who doesn't have any connections, uh, someone that doesn't have anyone to reach out to, and then they have to make it public. Right, right. So I would, I would always tell people, you can share that you're open to work to recruiters only. And then you wouldn't have that hashtag, but everyone who is looking for someone and everyone who is um, just using LinkedIn recruiter can see that you are open to work and they can even see the exact roles you're looking for or services that you provide um, or whatever. But in this exact moment, I'm not even sure that that's <laughs> the right strategy uh, because here is the situation. So we have 200,000 people suddenly out of work. Right. And we have 70 companies that are announcing hiring freezes in 2023. So, you know, it might be a game of numbers. It might be, you know, just you doing everything you can for right. someone to notice you. Um, I, I don't think that's the best strategy, but again, in the past, I wouldn't advise someone to share their personal story on LinkedIn. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I got fired. Find me a new job. I always used to tell people, you know, that's not the way to go. You want to reach out to people personally, one by one, through messages and so on. You don't want to seem desperate. You don't want to share your resume publicly. But it seems to be working. When uh, th This is new to me, and this is why I changed my mind. Because when people got massively laid off Twitter, they complained a lot, they were hurt, they talked about their personal stories, and a lot of them found their new role just because of it, because they became viral 
everyone wanted to help them. Everyone reshared their posts. And in the end, they actually got a new job because they they were very open about it. So in this moment, you know, I might switch my advice. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it is. It is, as you said, uh, a little bit a game of numbers. Uh, and yeah, it, it's really, it's really, you know, bothersome to uh, know. I mean, okay, the uh, the companies that made those uh, major lay layoffs, but uh, to see uh, the companies uh, that have acknowledged their uh, hiring freeze uh, this year is a little, a little bit of a sort of say setback. But then again, uh, it's good to have that in mind when uh, searching for the new role to maybe try and uh, develop a new skill set uh, to try and tap into other industry or other field that wouldn't be on your let's say a career path at at first but you know maybe try your luck in a different industry and maybe you'll see that's actually for you rather than just trying to you know uh chase that one uh that one job job role and job description uh, description that you got used to uh, and uh, that yeah. leads me to my other question. And so let's address the elephant in the room. The biggest question I uh, believe today is how do we protect our job? How do we know that we are safe? That's a great question, but I just want to follow up on what you just said. Um, of course, you know, the situation is scary, but I never want to scare people. I always want to give right. them hope. So, of course, you know, you can do a lot of different things. Uh, you can find a couple of, let's say, part-time remote roles. You can be flexible. You can start your own business. You can do consulting. Um, you know, you can develop a strategy that will work for you. And, you know, you don't have to rely strictly on some of these companies that we mentioned, you know, there right. are a lot of different companies. There are startups always, you know, opening up. People are creating new businesses every day. And you can certainly um, find something to do, you know, uh, but it might be harder than it was two years ago. Right, right. Changing your strategy might even lead you to something that you like doing more. As you said, you know, I found this job in the midst of COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> Just when, you know, also people got laid off pretty significantly, but not as much. Uh, and, and and I am someone who does business consulting, you know, and financial modeling. And I, right. I, I, wrote, I wrote business plans. And then I found this job and I love it. You know, I wouldn't want to do consulting anymore. Well, not in the capacity that I was before, because now it's, you know, on a per project basis. Right, right. Um, when it comes to the question, how do we protect our job? It's very tricky. And it's tricky because there isn't really a strategy that we can apply. This never happened before. So it's an unprecedented situation, right? We're not sure how to act in those situations. 
Um, but you also want to think of some, some other factors. Again, I have some stats for you. And that is that a lot of the companies are all actually reducing current employer uh, employees' salaries. One in four companies have reduced current salaries. 34% reduced or eliminated bonuses. And companies also say that they're reducing or eliminating holiday gifts or what other benefits. So let's say you are someone who gets huge bonuses every year and now you're right. not getting it, then you you might, you know, not want to protect that job at all costs. Um, but, you know, when it comes to you protecting your job, you still don't want to go above and beyond because that is where we go into that very, very tricky situation of them expecting you to do that all of the time. Right. Right, right. That is a that is a topic that we will talk about soon. Um, it is called quiet quitting, but it's not about slacking. Actually, I, I I've done my research, and the first person who come up with a term just set up boundaries in their workplace, and that is what she called quiet quitting. Just because she didn't spend her own money for supplies and didn't work, you know, three hours more every day, and so on. So. If you want to try to do that to, to protect your job, you can, but I would advise against it um, because you can just put yourself in a situation where you have to do that all of the time. Right. Um, so the best thing that you can do is to be prepared and to perhaps have offers coming your way because then you can always show your company that you are you know, sought out that you are someone who can find a new role easily and that they actually need to, you know, protect that their talent. They right, they need right. to provide you with the benefits that you want. And something that, you know, is also a big, big elephant in the room is that just two years ago, we all started working remotely, right? Everyone. Right. Then, uh, then this year, companies started getting back into the office and nobody wants it that. <laughs> so some yeah. people have have been suggesting, like, why don't you cut off the expenses that are actually quite high related to rent, related to buying property for offices, right. related to uh, paying electricity for those huge buildings um, and, and providing people with some benefits in the office that they don't actually want. You know, perhaps they would be happier with working from home or going to the office once a week or whatever, um, and then having other benefits, having their bonuses and not being, you know, without their bonus all of a sudden. Right, right, right. So it, it, it is a situation where we can understand that companies aren't really listening to their employees. If I were someone in power, <laughs> if I were someone who had the ability to influence decisions of these, you know, great leaders, I would tell them to survey their employees. You know, what do you want? What is most important to you? If 90% of your employees tell you that they want to work remotely, and then you go ahead and pay $1 million a month for all of the offices yeah, for that you a have, huge, that you huge. have all around the world, you might be in the wrong. 
And then, you know, you don't have to fire 10,000 people. You right. can fire the office. <laughs> exactly, you can, exactly. You can, you, have. You, you can fire the unnecessary costs that, you know, are not bringing any value to you. Right, right, right. When it comes to most companies nowadays, they are not product oriented, which means that they are people oriented. People bring value. People create value and they are the ones that you need to take care of as a company that simply has people who are offering service. Whether you are in IT, in sales, in finance, without those people, you wouldn't be anywhere. So the strategy that companies are applying is very, I believe, short-term oriented, right? Uh, Our stocks are falling and we will fire a bunch of people so we save costs. So this month is profitable, right? Or the next two, two months. But if the company isn't operating profitably, it will th- that issue will just come up again six months down the line. Are you going to yeah. fire another 10,000 people? Who's going to work then? Who's going to work? Who's going to provide the service that you're offering? Exactly, exactly. Who's gonna, who is going to write code for your app? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, I it's, mean... It's very silly. I mean, yeah, yeah. And to follow up on that, uh, I totally agree. Uh, Even today, and I'm going to bring in, bring back LinkedIn one more time. Uh, The job posts on LinkedIn are dominantly either hybrid or remote types. A very, very small amount uh, of job posts are actually on-site dependable. So, yeah, exactly to your point, uh, in maybe uh, going smaller with the office space if your company uh, doesn't require that uh, many people on-site and everyday present in the office, I think that would be a great budget uh, budget cut uh, or budget add, uh, however you uh, see it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if COVID taught us something, it taught us that everything, almost everything can be done remotely, can be done online. So I totally agree in uh, exploring rather that option of uh, going uh, smaller space-wise than just, as you mentioned, doing a budget cut, uh, using uh, layoffs, and then seeing what's going to happen in the next two, three, or six months, uh, and deciding then either another budget cut or, okay, this time no bonuses or, uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah uh, I totally agree with that. And um, you mentioned this, uh, this, uh, this question is tricky. I have an even trickier one uh, for you. Uh, so you, we said, how do we protect our job? But how to be ready for losing your job? Right. That is the the biggest question of all right now. Um, But I have to just, um, again, comment on what you shared, because um, as someone who studied economics, you know, as someone who learned a lot of things is that 
you need to spend money to make money. You know, uh, a, a lot of the, the the job market just revolved about companies making money. Um, Ford actually didn't uh, start well. Didn't start implementing eight hour per day, uh, you know, um, workday until he realized that if people work too much, nobody will buy his cars. You know, nobody, nobody will buy the cars. You know, um, in, in economics, uh, some of the scientists suggested that in times of crisis, you want to have more spending because then people will have jobs. Let's say the government, you know, has projects. People will have jobs and people will have money to spend in the economy. When it comes to the massive layoffs that are happening right now, they will have longer detrimental events on, um, sorry, effects on the entire economy because people who don't have money don't have money to spend. They will not buy services from companies who are already failing to, to you know, make their KPIs, goals, revenues, or whatever. So the situation for those companies will actually be even worse. It's not about cutting costs when when you're struggling. It's about spending more money to ensure that other people, you know, in the economy spend more money. And that's how you get the ball rolling. And that's right. how you don't get into those very detrimental effects of a long-term recession, which essentially means that we will all start cutting costs. We will spend less on travel. We will spend less on luxury goods. And we will spend more on, you know, very simple things that we need to survive. And that, all of that affects the economy. You know, you will stop paying for your Netflix. <laughs> it's silly, right? You will, you will uh, uh, stop paying for all the extra apps uh, that are paid or everything. And that will affect Google. That will affect Amazon. That will affect Netflix. And that is not something that they should want. So again, it's very important to think long-term when it comes to this. Very, yeah. very important. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, so do you have any other advice for people at uh, this uh, difficult time? And, uh, okay, we mentioned uh, this uh, this wave of layouts. We know that another major one happened uh, now three years ago when uh, COVID struck. Uh, so my questions are, again, any uh, additional advice for people at this difficult time? And uh, should we be looking for any sort of another a layoff uh, wave, or are these trends, in your own opinion, going to replicate anytime soon? Well, when it comes to trends, we are very much still in the layoff season. You know, companies are still announcing layoffs. So I can't say that we're secure there. Uh, when it comes to you being ready, doing everything that you can, it's it's mostly something that I talk about always, and that is networking, <laughs> because you want to be aware of the roles that are out there. We might not have that many roles as you know we did two years ago when uh, we had a, a very hiring trend in the IT world, and now we have a completely right. different opposite trend. Uh, but you have to be aware of the roles. 
Uh, because if you're not aware of the roles, you don't even know if there are roles that are suitable for you. And then your fear will be even greater. You know, you, you don't want to be in this difficult situation, just letting go and surrendering. You want to be ready. And that means networking. So you would know about the roles that are open. Perhaps there are, in, you know, there are more roles in smaller companies. That's okay. It's all about adjusting, right? Your biggest strength is your flexibility. Or perhaps you need to uh, go more flexible, open your consulting business, and so on. For all of that, you need everything ready, right? Your resume, your LinkedIn profile, perhaps even creating your own website if you want to create your own business. But if you do all of that and you lack on the networking part, you're still nowhere, right? Because people need to be aware that you are someone who, you know, might be looking for a new role. It doesn't have to be definitive. Um, you are someone who wants to know about other marketing director roles as a marketing right. director. You just want to know what's out there. Um, there is a very, very actually large amount of jobs that are never advertised online. And, and people are always surprised when I tell them that. Well, not all people. People who are great networkers always tell me, I never applied for a job in my life. You know, they always find, find me. You know, I, I, I mentored one guy while I was a professor at Yale. And then when he opened his business, he called me up to be his CFO, right? Uh, but people that aren't very comfortable with networking don't think about this. And that is that almost half of the jobs out there wouldn't be advertised publicly. And that is even higher once you go up the ladder, right? Director, VP, senior VP, C-suite. Companies don't want you to know that they're looking for someone that important. That makes them vulnerable. So you have to talk to people to even know that they are actually looking. And you just have to do that. You have to do that always. And of course, just being very positive about it, having the right attitude is, is an important part of it all. Um, if you're someone who is frightened about this whole situation, something that I would advise you to do is just write a list of your strengths, right? Write down all of your resources that you have that make you a great employee a great performer, someone uh, who would be a great addition to any company. You know, don't think about yourself as a very, very small piece in all of this. Think about yourself as this great worker that you have been for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And with that attitude, go into, into the job search and into being ready for everything that might happen. Yeah, totally agree. Well, this was this was again very very interesting and informative topic that we talked about. Thank you Anastasia for coming back and uh, sharing your insights and your research uh, with our audience. We already mentioned we have another very very interesting episode uh, in works uh, so it's called quiet quitting, and uh, we believe it's going to be very informative uh, for you guys. Do you want Anastasia? Do you want to share a little sneak peek 
of what we are going to discuss? Right. Well, the next episode will be all about quiet quitting. What is actually quiet quitting? Because a lot of people have a wrong idea of what that is. And what does that mean for you as a business owner or as a worker, as someone who might want to <laughs> quiet quit, so to speak? Uh, I just wanted to quickly mention, just while we're still here, that we will have a promo uh, at Ivy Exec. Uh, and that essentially means that you, if you are a member at Ivy Exec, you will be able to have a free month trial for all access membership, and you will be able to schedule a consultation with me. So now might be a very good time uh, to think about your resume or LinkedIn profile, and you will be able to schedule either with me, and then we can discuss on, you know, how it can further be improved and how it can be ready for your job search. Thank you. And if you want to connect uh, with Anastasia, you can do it uh, either over ivyexec.com, visiting our website, or via LinkedIn. Just uh, type in Anastasia with a Z, Garilovic, and uh, connect with her. And thank you for listening to Ivyexec Insights. You can follow us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, all that jazz. And we'll be speaking with you very soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you.